Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. The first reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 6 through 11, we read, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, do know him and, and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. In Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 24, it reads, But when he came to himself, the son said, How many of my father's hired servants have been have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate, for this is my son was dead and it is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Well, dads, we have a day set apart to get a new necktie or <clears throat> to get the opportunity to take the family out to brunch or something. However you celebrate it with family or, or to, to sweat over the grill while you cook your own burger for Father's Day or whatever yours looks like. I'm, I'm reflecting a little on mine sometimes, but... It's all good. The Trinity. Trying to explain the Trinity sometimes to Sunday school kids or a confirmation class gives me a little of a headache. There are other traditions in the world that accuse us of being polytheists, that is, having more than one God, because we refer to God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons of one substance and a whole church council had to come up with the Greek word for one substance. If you can spell homoousios, you're ahead of me. 
It's in Greek anyway, so don't worry about it. But of one substance. But the Trinity is relational. One of the early, really, heresies of the church, and it still hangs on in a few odd corners, was, I think it was called Manichaeanism, but don't test me on that. They were mistaken anyway. They, they tried to say that, well, first there was the Father, only. Then there was the Son, who replaced the Father, only. So we only had one God at a time. One person at a time. I couldn't get past the confirmation class lesson on three persons and one God. Now there is only the Holy Spirit. God and Jesus are in heaven somewhere, but God really is manifested not only in the Spirit. The hard part taught across the ages is that the Trinity is relational. God the Son prayed to God the Father. God the Father had the Spirit sweeping over the waters at the very creation. Beginning of John, we're told that the Son was there too when the earth was still formless and without shape and void, that there were three already. And the Son relates to the Father, and the Father appears and said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's reported a couple of three times in the Gospels. And Jesus doesn't say the Holy Spirit will come to you. I will send you the Spirit. And the words for the Holy Spirit in both Hebrew and Greek mean breath of God. The Ruach Elohim is the Holy Spirit in Hebrew. Doesn't sound near as nice in Greek. But it is issued from, and that's a hard word to figure out, the Father and the Son. So the Trinity is always drawn as a triangle. God is Father to Jesus. Jesus and Father issue the Holy Spirit. It is of their substance. The Spirit relates to both. It, it's dizzying. It's a, it's a tough theology class, let alone for poor confirmants. It really is a mind, or the, the teacher of the confirmation class. But it's relational. Jesus relates to God as Father. God relates to Jesus as Son. What a bar to set for relationship. Mary sets a tough enough one for moms. But what God sets up for those who dare to bear the title Father. Yikes. It should humble me. It almost scares me. But there's another story I included this morning to try to help take a little of the fear away. I pulled the, the trick. I've pulled it in the past where I hold up a portrait of my father. And I turn and turn in profile like the old portrait of my dad. And there's no mistake, any, any more mistake than there is between these two Daves. There isn't between those two either. It's the father and son. And that reflects in what Jesus told poor Philip. Because Jesus is telling his disciples, this is fairly well along in the story. They've known him for a while. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip says, oh, Lord, show us the Father. Philip's pushing it. Even Moses, when he asked to see God's face, was only allowed to see God's back. He said, no one in this life looks on my face and lives. The difference is too great. 
The holiness and the mortality is too great a difference. But I have come to you as my son. And Jesus says, in the son, you have seen the father. Have, have I been with you so long and you haven't got that in your heads yet? When I teach you to pray to him as father and I call him father, and you hear me say that, haven't you figured it out, boys? And I guess among the disciples there are women too, but Philip was the one who was dumb enough to ask the question. Figures is one of the boys, doesn't it? Says, Lord, show us the Father, Philip. Three years, come on. You haven't got it. I wish Jesus had spoken plain modern English like that. I can see the eye roll. I can see the head smack. Philip, three years, come on. I've been trying to show you what the Father looks like by how the Son gives grace, gives mercy, gives forgiveness, gives love, gives healing. How much I have loved you for all the, through all the dumb questions and all the dumb things you guys have said, I've tried to bring you up and raise you as my disciples, as fellow children of God, and you still haven't got the picture. That in Jesus the Son, we see God the Father. Well, if you, if, if you don't believe, just believe on what's happened. If you have trouble seeing God through me, the Father, see the Father through the things I have done. That's where that grace, mercy, forgiveness, and healing comes in. All the things that Jesus has done to us, done to us, for us, about us, in the Father's name, on the Father's behalf, and in the Father's love and very image, an obedient son, obedient to his Father. So in Jesus, we have not only the image of the Father, a reflection of what the Son is supposed to be. Yikes. I still say the bar is set awfully high. Remember that grace, mercy, and forgiveness I talked about? I count on that a lot. I suspect we all need to. Believe because you've seen the Son. Then the Son, you know something of what the Father looks like. The challenge, of course, is to reflect the best of Christ through being dads, through being fathers, through being mentors and teachers. And then as those who are sons, mentorees, those taught, to reflect the best of the fathering that we've received, the dad-ing, if that's a word, through others than just blood fathers, to reflect the best. So someone looks at a child, I keep saying son because that's what Jesus models, but it's on all of us. The Old Testament says children, children, all of us. Reflect the best of parenting from both. God happens to model that as father and son. So that Jesus reflects the best of the father because he's perfect at it and gives the rest of us a goal as children too to reflect the best of fathering. I've gotten in the habit of listening to podcasts and every few days, and it was one of them was this morning, I have to put on the old country gospel by people like the Oak Ridge Boys and the Statler Brothers so I can admire those low bass parts. I'd like to sing as low as some of those guys. Can't quite reach. That, that, that low D is tough. But anyway, betwixt and between in a podcast, I heard a story of a young person who made some horrific choices as a young adult has permanently altered his life. And on reflecting back, when this individual was first confused, 
His earthly father made some, I'd like to say well-meaning, but very poor choices that traumatized this young person who now permanently altered his life. His dad didn't react to some choices in anything like a loving, forgiving, gracious, and merciful response. Jesus had to use an earthly parable even after saying, if you notice, this is a little ways on in Luke too, but somewhere in the course of showing them what the father was to be, he had to tell them an earthly story to remind them. And I gave you the snippet here this morning of the end of what's called the prodigal son. If prodigal means extravagant, it's really the prodigal father. Because here's the son who, like many of us at different stages of our lives, have turned from God, squandered some of the blessings that God gave us, and through some kind of recall, I remember when it happened to me, I'm drawn back to the Father. And I've met people who turn in great fear of how they will be met by the Father if they try to turn back. So God gives a model here. How does he meet this son who, who throws himself on his knees and says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just give me your servant's wages and let me live in the bunkhouse with them. How does the Holy Father respond? The prodigal father. Get the best robe, get the family signet ring that shows he's one of us. Put shoes on his feet. We may take our shoes for granted, but in those days only the family wore shoes unless they wanted to buy them out of servants' wages. Embraced him and kissed him. You were lost. You've been found. Big time feast. Big time joyful celebration. A Father's Day celebrating the return of the Son. What a model of what to expect from God if we need to return. I would pray that being here, we don't feel that estranged, but I don't know every heart. I don't know what lingering doubts are there. If there aren't, then hang on to that encouragement. When you meet someone, as I have often in a, in a hospital bed facing a bad surgery, or worse, when I've been a chaplain or a pastor, to give that encouragement that God the Father has that grace, mercy, forgiveness, and everlasting love. Give that to message to others. Preach that gospel. And then, fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, whatever your relationship, God is relational. Jesus pleaded to God, and God said, son, you have to complete this one. And he did. Jesus said, I go back to the Father, but he and I together are going to send you a continuing presence of God to be in your very hearts, to be the fire and wind of the church, to be the push for believers, and then act like the prodigal father ourselves, not just fathers to sons. That's just the model. Siblings, aunts and uncles, sisters and brothers in Christ, sister and brother in Christ, to a neighbor who may not be. Be prodigal. Be generous. 
show that loving, forbearing grace and mercy of God that he grants us and welcomes us back. And it's, it's hard enough to accept that from God. Try sharing it with somebody with whom you're on the outs. I don't profess to being easily good with that. I gotta work at it. I won't ask for a show of hands. I'll confess for anybody else who feels that. Be a prodigal lover in life. Have the relationship like Jesus models us, like God models for us as father to his beloved son. So is God to each of us, and especially fathers and dads in other ways. That's how we are to be to our children. So with all that challenge in front of us, I'm still going to say, happy Father's Day. And thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.